morning's message is hide and seek, and the series that we're in is called The Quest. The Quest is a pursuit of the glory of God, and that's what we're going for. We want to be in pursuit of the glory of God. We want to see God's glory manifest in such an amazing way that, that, that we've never experienced it before. And so we're going to study some, uh, some accounts throughout the Bible of people of Jesus, like Jesus, people like Moses, people like Isaiah, and we're going to experience the glory of God here at TWBC. Everybody say, that's right. We're going to experience the glory of God here at TWBC in a way that few people in the world, the history of the world, have ever experienced it before. We are believing for Moses moments, Isaiah moments, Jesus moments, John who wrote the book of Revelation moments. We're believing for something like that to take place. Come on now. And so we are in pursuit of the glory of God, and we're going on this quest to see the glory of God take place, and we want the glory of God to come and show up so we can have an encounter with the presence of the Father that is transformational. And our heart is here at TWBC that you find a place called home. What is home? A home is a place where the presence of the Father resides. And so as you come into TWBC, our agenda is not to change you. Our agenda is not to fix you. Our agenda is not to make sure that you go away different than you came in. Our agenda is to love you. And we love you the exact way that you are. The way that you walk in the door with your brokenness, with your issues, with your problems, with your questions, with whatever you're going through. We love you the exact way that you are. And it's our job as a church, the body of Christ, to provide an environment where the presence of the Father can come in and you can find a place called home because we know that when you're home, you're able to kick off your shoes, you're able to relax, you're able to to be different than you are in a church setting, amen? And so it's our heart that you find a place called home because when you finally find a place to call home, you'll let the presence of the Father come in and have His perfect work in you. And God will begin to do a work in you that he will change your life just because you found a place in his presence. And so it's our heart at TWBC that you realize that you're not a project to be fixed. You're a person that we love. But in being a person that we love, we're going to bring you into an encounter with the glory and the presence of the Father. And God does not bring his glory or show his glory for no reason. There's always a reason and a purpose for the glory of God. And so there's not a quest that ever has taken place if there's not a purpose in the quest. And we cannot say that we want the glory of God to show up just so we can say, hey, the glory of God showed up. A lot of churches say, God, show me your glory. Let your glory show up so you can leave and say, hey, guess what? The glory showed up. That, that, that's never been the purpose of God's glory. A lot of people want an encounter with God so they can say they had an encounter with God, not say that they changed. A lot of people want the glory of God to show up in a church service to say they saw or felt or were in the presence of the glory of God, not so their life is different when they leave. But in throughout the accounts that we've read last week in the Bible and the accounts that will go forward in, in the Bible, when the glory of God has shown up, there has always been a purpose for his glory showing up. And his purpose for his glory showing up has always been to set his people that were held captive or enslaved by something free. So when the glory of God came to Moses, in the account we're going to read here in a few minutes, the glory of God shows up in a burning bush. Moses responds. We'll find all this out in a few minutes. And God closes the line with, he says, I have seen the afflictions of my people. I have heard their cries, and I have known their sufferings. So 
God's glory showed up for Moses to take, so, and God's glory showed up, and Moses got in on the glory, and God spoke to him, and the reason his glory showed up was not for Moses to say, wow, I saw a burning bush, but for Moses to have an encounter with God, to respond to God, and he said, here I am, send me, and so when he said, here I am, God, God's next words were, my people are afflicted, I heard their cry, and I know they're suffering, this is why my glory came, to set them free. So the purpose of God's glory showing up is never for the church to sit here and say, "Woo, we experienced his glory. <laughs> no, it's to set you free. It's to set me free. It's for us to leave here saying, here I am. Let's bring freedom into the grocery stores and into the convenience stores and into the world out there that needs a touch from the Father. And so his quest, the quest that we're on is for his glory. And this verse in Isaiah 61, verse 4, the, the second part of it. Listen, if you get tired of this verse already that I've done in the past two series, you're going to really hate it after the next five years. Because that's about how long we're going to camp out in it. Amen? And this verse says this in Isaiah 60, in Isaiah 61, verse 4b, it says, And they shall repair, and that word when you translate it back into the original Hebrew means they shall repair or redeem, and redeem means to make brand new. It doesn't mean to fix. It says they shall repair or redeem or make brand new the ruined cities and redeem or make brand new the devastation of generations. Amen. And so what God is calling TWBC to do is go on a quest for his glory because when his glory shows up, he's wanting a group of people to say, here I am, send me. And where is he sending us to? He's sending us to our city because God said, I want Joel and TWBC, we want to see you guys redeem, make new the city of Sulphur Springs. We want to see the city made new. We want TWBC to restore the devastation of generations, the generation preceding us, the generation following us. And listen, if you're in the house and you're in your 80s, get ready because he hasn't forgotten about your generation. He says, I want that generation to be made new. I want the generation before you to be made new. Joel, I want your generation to be made new. And I want the generation after you to be made new. And as old as I am, there's another generation being born, amen, to be made brand new. So what God is calling us to do on this quest for his glory is to see Sulphur Springs be what his word has said we are. We are the light of the world, a city set up on a hill that cannot be hidden. The purpose of his glory showing up here. In this church, is not for this church, it's for our city to be made new. It's for our city to be made new. It's for generations that are behind us and generations that are ahead of us to be made new. And people who are dogging the generation behind us, you're the one who raised us. <laughs> if you ever dog the generation following you, you're the one who's at fault for it. <laughs> But God's not worried about placing fault. He's already paid the price for the fault. He's worried about making it brand new, redeeming it, setting it free to accomplish things for the kingdom of God. That's the purpose of his glory. And in the purpose of his glory, we must begin to realize this. As we go on this quest for his glory, we've got to ask ourselves this question. Is the presence of God measurable is the presence and the glory of God measurable outside of my worship experience at church in my life? Is the presence and the glory of God measurable outside of my church or worship experience in my life? Because if it's not, then something's got to change. See, the glory of God can show up in a church, and that's great. But the glory of God doesn't want to show up in a church. He wants to show up in you. 
And so if the only time we as the body of Christ experience the presence of God is in a worship service and there is no measurable presence of God at any other point in our life, we must change that. And if we're going to change that, we've got to ask ourselves this question before we can go on the quest to find the purpose of redeeming our city. Is the presence of God in Joel's life measurable outside of TWBC? Because if it's not, your pastor's wrong and needs to be fired. Come on. Y'all should amen that. But, but it does show up outside of the church, so you don't have to fire me, okay? Some of y'all are like, I don't know to amen that or not. I don't know if this is a trick question. It's not a trick question. The presence of God must show up in a measurable form outside of our local church experience and in our personal life. And so as we go on this quest, I want to encourage you in this. This quest is not for the faint of heart. There are some things that take place on a quest that take courage. They take boldness to step into. If we are truly praying this prayer, God and churches pray it all the time, and I'm serious about it. Father, do a movement in our church that's never been done before. If God's going to do a movement that he's never done before, he's going to do some things that he's never done before. So if you're asking God to do a movement like he's never done before, you got to expect to encounter God in a way that you've never encountered him before. And that takes courage. That takes faith. And, and, and a lot of times there's been, been a movement of God begin to start in a church. And because of fear of what we do not know and things we do not understand, fear comes in and we call it cautiousness. And we've halted a movement of God because God's trying to do something he's never done before because we prayed for it. But because of fear on this quest, we, 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 we stopped the movement of God instead of step into it. And here is where we must rely on the presence of God himself, the power of the Holy Spirit, because the Bible says, Joel, the Holy Spirit will tell you things to come. So as we go on this quest and God's going to do something he's never done before and going to show himself in a way that we've never experienced before, it's going to be something that's new and different. We cannot let fear of what we do not know and knowledge that we do not have stop the movement of God. Therefore, we must rely on the Holy Spirit to tell us about what God's about to do. So when he's about to do it and begins to do it, we don't stop it out of cautiousness. We step into it by faith because he's already showed us what he's about to do, even though he's never done it before. Did, did you follow all that? I'm trying to get my mannerisms down so you know if I'm going forward or backwards here. And so we must begin to embrace what God is going to do, especially if he's going to do something he's never done before. And it's going to take men and women of faith that are going to say, I'm going to embrace the movement of God even though I've never seen it done quite like that before. It bears witness with what the word of God says he's going to do. And so we must begin to embrace this quest. And as we go on this quest, it's not, for the bro it's not for the faint of heart. And the reality is, because of this fear and because of this cautiousness that has halted and stopped movements of God because of fear of what we do not know and knowledge of what we do not have and never experienced before, we've halted the movement of God. And many times, this has called us to exist or, in, or coexist and endure mountains instead of transforming mountains and removing mountains. Okay, I'm going to say that again because some of y'all should have got that. Because of fear of what we do not know and knowledge that we do not have or don't understand, it's taught us to coexist with mountains and endure mountains when God's called us to transform them or remove them. Such as, because in your life, 
we've halted movements of God. We've been taught to coexist with a bad marriage or endure a bad marriage instead of transforming a bad marriage or letting the bad marriage be removed and replaced with a great marriage in the power of God. And that's not talking about divorce and remarriage. That's talking about making your marriage brand new. (laughs) Come on, I'm not advocating divorce on that. That was not God's word to you to leave your spouse today. Come on. I'm just clarifying. Some of y'all going to leave and say, Joel said I could leave. He's got a brand new marriage set up for me. He does got a brand new marriage set up with you, but it's with the person you're with. <laughs> Come on now. We've been taught to coexist with horrible marriages. We've been taught to co- endure horrible marriages. And maybe one day God will come through. But when the power and the glory of God shows up and we'll embrace it, he's going to transform a marriage. He's going to make it brand new again. Remove the old, bring in the new. I hate this term. It's called recovering alcoholics. Because once you've always, once you've been one, you're always going to be one. Not according to the gospel. And we've been taught, even out of good-hearted teachings but wrong theology, that if you've been an alcoholic, you'll always be an alcoholic. And so you've been taught to coexist with this demon of alcoholism and endure this demon of alcoholism out of fear you uh, uh, don't, don't put yourself anywhere around any of these things. When God says, I don't want you to just coexist and endure these mountains. I want you to transform your life so it's not a mountain. And I want to remove that oppression and depression altogether. There's not a time for the church to coexist anymore. These mountains, we, deal, we dealt with this in the last series on great extents. The, the seven mountains of influence, he's called us to transform them by us having an influence in them. But if God's going to do a movement he's never done, we can't halt it because of what we don't know and what we don't understand. We've got to walk into it because that's the only way transformation comes is when the presence and the glory and the power of God shows up. And so we want God to do something amazing. Hey, that was all last week's message. Did you like it? All right, now we're going to get into this week's message. And when I was typing my notes in, I cut it off halfway through. I said, God, I'm not going to rush this series. I get in a, like I got my schedule planned out, okay? Sometimes I try to rush things, and God said, don't rush it. <laughs> don't rush it. So, so if you're worried, it's like he's just now starting his message. You're only getting half of it. You're getting the second half next week on, on July 4th weekend. Amen. And so open up your Bibles, if you're not there, to Exodus chapter number 3. And I'm going to read the first three verses to you. Exodus chapter number 3. And God is wanting to show you something. And more than something, he's wanting to show you himself. God is wanting to show you something, and more than something, he's wanting to show you himself. And so this morning, I want you to get ready to encounter God like you never have before. And and, and we're going to use the account of Moses for this. And it says, Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Everybody say, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of a fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, and the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside and see this great sight, why this bush is not burned. Now, I always laugh when I read this account. And it's funny. It's like he's walking. He's taking care of his father's flocks. And he looks over and sees the bush. And he doesn't respond like Joel responds, apparently. Because he said, huh, I'll turn aside and see this great sight that the father has. (laughs) If I saw a burning bush, (laughs) I'd be like, what is that? Oh, my goodness. Moses, I will turn aside. 
I just find that ironic. Maybe I'm the only one who finds that funny. He's like so calm in his speech. Like, I shall turn aside and see this great sight. <laughs> really? And so, so I find it humorous, but in, the, in the, well, the part I find humorous, I want you to begin to understand, God is not hiding himself from us. And I know that the Bible says, seek him. And so a lot of times that we, when we seek him, we think he's hiding, but God is not hiding. And the title of this message is called Hide and Seek. But we got to realize God is not hiding himself from us. But he does want us to seek him. So if he's not hiding, why does he want us to seek him? And, and many of you know that Sherry and I are, are trying to sell our house currently. And we're moving to another place here in Sulphur Springs. Uh, another place here in Sulphur Springs. I'm going to say it again so y'all don't leave here saying, Pastor's moving. <laughs> we've got a place in Sulphur Springs that we're buying and we love it. So we're trying to currently sell our house. So if you want to buy it, buy it. <laughs> or if you know somebody who's buying, tell them to come buy it. Okay, well, let's get this program started. Seriously, pray for us on that. Um, and so we're trying to sell our house. And so you know when you're trying to sell your house, you've got to keep it immaculately clean. And you've got to keep it ready almost at all times for people to show up and walk through it and critique it and tell you everything they don't like about it and all that other good stuff, right? And so you know me and my, kind of my OCD tendencies sometimes. It's like with the, 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 we're cleaning the house and getting it clean. And my wife did an amazing job at Christmas this year and got the best gift of any gifts for our family. She got four Nerf guns that hold six bullets each, and they came with 20 per gun. So we got 80 bullets, but then she went above and beyond. She got 100 more bullets. Amen. And we have, yes, come on. Guys, know that we have some amazing war games at our house with these bullets. But you know when you start shooting 180 bullets everywhere, you got 180 bullets to pick up. And the house has got to be ready to show. And so we're doing all this, and, 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 and we cl we're cleaning the house uh, on Tuesday night to get ready for a showing on Wednesday. And, and uh, on Wednesday morning, I got up from my normal quiet time, and, and it was about 6 a.m., and, and I'd finished my reading, and it was going on about 7 o'clock when I finished my, my quiet time and reading. And, and God just impressed upon me, Joel, spend some, spend some more time in prayer. And so I did my normal prayer thing, and I pray a lot like I preach. I pray like this. I'm very active in my prayer. I walk and I talk and, and do all these things. And, and so I'm just walking around the living room praying. And as I begin to pray, I, I felt the presence of God become very strong on me. And he said, Joel, stop walking, and I want you to, to kneel down. So I knelt down, and I was praying, doing the, the good prayer and everything like that, and just staying there. And then God said, just, just lay down. And so I laid down on the, the floor, and I looked over under the couch and I saw two bullets. And almost simultaneously, I heard God speak, Joel, they were never hidden. You just had to get in the right position to see it. And I knew he wasn't talking about bullets. And as I laid there for what seemed like a long time, it ended up being just about two minutes, I began to seek the face of God. And as I was seeking the face of God, we got to begin to realize God's hit, not hidden, but sometimes we got to get in a different position to see him and to see the fullness of what he wants us to see. Because Moses had the exact same scenario. It says he was keeping the sheep of his father-in-law Jethro, and he came to Horeb, and he came to the mountain of God. He was in the right location. But in the presence of God, it's not like real estate. It's not location, location, location. It becomes position, position, position. 
Because Moses was in the right location, but the wrong position because he was walking. And God said, there's a bush over there. And, or or the, he noticed a bush burning over there. So when he was in the right location, as he was walking, he had to change positions. And he had to go another direction to get to where the presence of God was. Many times in our life, you come to church, you come to TWBC, you are in the right location. The presence of God does show up here. But just because you're in the right location doesn't mean you'll experience the presence of God to the fullness if sometimes you got to change positions. See, Moses could have said, wow, I see the presence of God. That's a cool bush over there. It's on fire. It's burning. I'm in the right location. Good. And could have kept walking. A lot of times in church, we come and do the same thing. Oh, the presence of God is here. It's wonderful. It's amazing. But we don't experience the fullness of it because we're in the right location, but you haven't necessarily gotten into the fullness of the right position. See, Moses, when he went before, when he went to the mountain of God, he was in the right location, thus called the mountain of God. I mean, God's going to be there. So he's at the mountain of God, and then he sees the bush, so he had to change positions. He sees the bush, he had to change positions. He comes up to the bush that's burning, and God speaks to him again, and he changed positions. If you're going to experience God in a way that you've never experienced him before, you're going to have to see him in a way that you've never seen him before. And it's not that God's hiding. The bullets weren't hiding from me when I was vacuuming the night before. I just wasn't in the right position to see him. It's not that the bullets ran away from me and got under the couch and said, we're going to hide from Joel so he can't pick us up when he's cleaning. Many of you feel like that with God. You think God is this God that's just dangling his presence out there just till you get close enough. And when you get close enough, he moves again and you can't ever catch him. And it's this endless game of hide and seek. That's not the case. It's not that God's moving. Maybe you just need to adjust your position to get into the fullness of who he's called you to be and how he wants you to be. Y'all didn't know Nerf bullets were so spiritual, did you? And so my encouragement to you this morning is this. If you're not experiencing him to the fullness that the Bible says, not that you want, but that the Bible says, maybe it's time to change positions. You're in the right location. I promise the presence of God is here. But this is the reason one person can get their life dramatically changed and blind eyes open and, and healing happen in their life. And another person keep looking at their watch saying, when's lunch? <laughs> Because you can be in the location of the presence of God, but until you get in the right position, you'll never experience the fullness of all that he wants you to experience. And it's not about physical positions of how you pray, of whether you should lay down or stand up or walk or kneel or whatever. It's about a heart position. Are you willing to seek him and willing to, out of obedience, when he says lay down, to lay down and do what he says do? Jesus had the same problem. We're going to read an account right now out of the Gospel of John. And it's John chapter 12, verse number 27. And Jesus dealt with the same issue with the people that were around him. John chapter 12, verse 27 says this. Jesus said, Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose is the hour I have come. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven, I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd that stood there heard it and said it had thundered. Others said, an angel of God has spoken to him. Jesus said, the voice has come for your sake, not mine. I want you to catch this account. Because they were all in the right location. 
they were all in the right place. Jesus was right there. And he was in his prayer time. How I mean, you know when Jesus had a prayer time, things happened? He was, in, he was right there in the garden in his prayer time, and there was a group of people. One group of people sensed the presence, but they weren't completely in the right position. They were in the right location, not the right position. They sensed his presence, and they said, wow, it thundered. So much they sensed his presence, but they thought it was a natural thunder. They thought it was thunder and lightning about to happen. Maybe a rainstorm is about to come in. So they were in the right location, but they heard thunder, but they didn't know what it was. The second group of people was in the right location. They were in a position to hear and sense and see it because they said, no, no, no. It was an angel from God that spoke to Jesus, but only Jesus was in the correct position because he sensed it. He knew what it was and he heard it like the first group. Like the second group, he knew it was a voice from heaven. It was an angel of God. But he knew the fullness of it because he said, the voice that you heard didn't even come for my sake. It came for your sake. See, when God brings you into his presence and speaks to you and reveals himself to you at a level that you haven't experienced him before, it's not so you can leave your quiet time and say, wow, I had such a good quiet time for Jesus." with Jesus. It's for you to experience him at a level that you'll be able to respond like Moses did, that you'll be able to respond like Isaiah did, that you'll be able to respond like Jesus did and say, I've seen your presence, I've experienced your presence, I see the fullness at a level that I've never seen it before, and so here I am, send me to change your situation. See, when God shows you the fullness and expresses himself to you because you, you found him, not that he was hiding, but you've seeked him and you have found him, he doesn't just let you hear his presence or, or, or feel his presence. He doesn't just speak to you directly, but he speaks to you in a way that will set others free. If his glory is going to show up like we've been asking his glory to show up, it's not for the church at TWBC to sit here and say, wow, the glory of God was so strong in our church. It's to empower you so you'll respond like Moses responded and say, here I am. You'll respond like Isaiah responded and says, I am here. Here I am. Send me. Or you'll respond like Jesus did in Luke chapter 4 verses 18 through 20 and says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me and he sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captives free, to open blind eyes and to declare that this is the year of God favor on sulfur springs and let transformation in a new city begin to be birthed because of his glory see it's not that you're in the wrong location but my question is are you in the right position the nerf bullets weren't hiding from me I just wasn't in the right position to see them the spirit of God is here but God is not hiding himself from you the question is, are you in the right position to see him? Are you in the right position to respond to him? Because when his glory shows up, it's for a response, not for admiration. It's for an activation, not just a celebration. Come on now. Some of y'all just like to celebrate when his glory showed up, but it's not for just celebration, it's for an activation. And my question to you is, what's your position? What's your position? 
Some of you have been longing for the voice of God and desiring to hear a word from God and you want to know that it's God and God's been there the whole time. It's just maybe Joel needs to adjust his position so I can completely see what he's calling me to see. So this morning as we're about to go into a time where you can respond and activate, not just celebrate, what's your position? 